Welcome to the Innovation Podcast Series, hosted by me, Martin Lucas, with our subject matter expert and innovation catalyst, Andrew Vorster. Andrew delivers keynote talks all around the world, has worked for FTSE companies, and we will be mining the gold nuggets from his... Andrew, that's innovation done, right? So what now? What are we going to do now? You know, that, that comment I've, I've had very often in the past where uh, companies have gone, oh yeah, we've, we've done innovation. You know, our product line was falling a bit. So we did a bit of innovation and now we've come up with a, a whole lot of new product lines and uh, that's it for innovation at the moment. Innovation is never a one and done thing. Innovation is a continuous cycle. You can't do innovation on demand or innovation outsourced as a service sporadically. Uh, you can't, you should never think of cutting your innovation budget when times are bad. As a matter of fact, that's when you should be doubling down on your innovation budget. And all the successful companies do exactly that. The last thing that they would ever consider cutting when they, when they see a decline or a depressed market is their innovation budget. Because they know that they have to use that time. They have to keep the cadence up of innovation. So I'm going to give you a, a concept. It's a, it's a metaphor of my own design. Mm -hmm. It's something that I came up I came up with in order to communicate the concept of innovation in a way that it makes it more accessible and hopefully inspires people to think about becoming more innovative as an organization. And it demystifies it a little bit and it extends beyond that original funnel metaphor that I was talking about that only covers part of it. So I'm going to give you a quick run through uh, of something that I normally cover in a 45 minute keynote. And I'm going to condense that down really, really quickly just to be able to plant a seed in your mind. And it's not going to be something you've ever heard before, unless of course you've heard one of my keynotes. Okay. So it goes like this. I believe that there is more innovation, the process of innovation has more in common with the process of alcohol distillation in a hillbilly copper pot moonshine still than it does with that damn funnel that we uh, keep on, on talking about. Sure. And I'll tell you why. It first begins with, so the whole concept of making moonshine during the prohibition area, uh, era uh, was started off by people who were dissatisfied with the way that things were. Park for a fact that it was against the law what they were doing. We'll just park that minor, uh, that minor fact, but they were dissatisfied. They were dissatisfied with the status quo. And the parallel with that in an organization is you will always have people that are dissatisfied with the way that things are, and they know that things can be done better. And they are brave enough to start doing something about it. So what did the moonshiners do? Well, the first thing that they had to do was look around them and go, what can we use as raw materials? They had to go out and find harvesting and gathering. So they had to find uh, maybe corn or, or apple trees or pears. It just depends on where in the world they were uh, or, or where geographically, what crops were growing. So they looked at their local area and they started expanding outwards, harvesting and gathering. The parallel in business, 
Well, I've spoken about earlier that you need to know what you don't know. And you need to harness the power of your staff to go out and harvest the raw materials that will inspire your innovation program. They need to go to conferences and events and bring back the tips, technologies, innovations, patents, and startups. And you can decide whether those are trends or signals or, and what you're going to do about them. And that's harvesting. It's a mass thing that people do on mass. Get your, all your staff involved. Gathering is more specific. It's more, you know, you choose what you're going to pick. And gathering is the concept of getting your sales or frontline staff or, or people that are customer services and get them to cherry pick information from customers, existing customers. What are their problems? What are their challenges? What do they really struggle to do that your services aren't helping them do at the moment? What are they doing from their other, uh, your competitors? What are they getting from them that they're not getting from you? So harvest and gather and bring all that information back into the organization. Because the next thing that the moonshiners did was they brought everything in and they sorted through it all. You don't want to end up throwing clods of earth and twigs and things like that into your your fancy shiny copper pot still so you sort it and sorting through everything into nice neat piles you're not going to mix your apples with your grain or anything else there when you're making vodka you might decide to make it from potatoes but you won't mix it up with uh, some other fruit or, or produce and in an organization, what you want to do is define the subject domain of the challenge that you're going to address or the subject area of the opportunity, just like the moonshiners sort it all out. Then when you're making moonshine, you throw it all in the pot and you let it start fermenting. Fermentation in a business concept is going out and doing that marketing innovation, removing the fear of failure. Uh, sorry, not the fear of failure, removing the fear of the unknown. So at that point, you're making the unknown the everyday. The fermentation consists of you going and planting seeds, stirring up the trouble, bubbling up things. And you're going out and you're saying to other parts of the organization, other departments, and you say, hey, I saw this thing last week, and I think it could really help you. Have you ever thought of doing something differently? What if we work together on putting together a hypothesis to come up with something new? That's the fermentation process. Now for the next step, we start the distillation process. Now, if you can remember your uh, science classes from school, Pretty much everybody learns the distillation process. They might not necessarily learn how to make alcohol. Distillation is just uh, purifying something by adding heat and pressure. This, of course, you were like me, you went to a farm school and we used that to actually make alcohol. Did <laughs> you make alcohol, Martin? No, I never, <laughs> I never, never made it. I you borrowed see, it from my parents after my paper round, but that's probably a different story. <laughs> disruptive innovators start early. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so when you start the distillation process in a copper pot still, you put all the things there and you add heat and pressure. And you do that because the steam rises and that's what you want to distill off. The parallel in an organization is the adding heat and pressure is defining the challenge 
setting the goals and incentives and soliciting the ideas, those hypotheses, bring them together. And that could be that the management pressure or a customer challenge defines, we need to solve this problem within this time scale. We need to save X amount of money. We need to generate new profits in this area. So add heat and pressure. And then the steam that rises is the best ideas will rise to the top. So the head of steam comes up. When that head of steam comes up, going back to your school classes of, of science, now you've got to condense the steam. You've got to turn it back into a liquid. And I'm really tackling your, your taxing your, your memory here. But to condense something, you've got to cool it. Traditionally, you would throw cold water over it. Put it in a jacket of cold water as the pipe runs through. Well, there's a very easy parallel in, in business. Who are the cold water throwers? Usually the finance department, the legal department, uh, maybe even the IT department. Those are all cold water throwers. They're the ones who will just douse your idea and go, that's no good. But actually, as I've just explained, they're a very necessary part of the distillation process because not all ideas are good ideas. So you have to have people who think in a different way to look at your great ideas that you've got and just bring a sanity filter from a different perspective where a legal person can go, actually what you're proposing is really not a good idea because it contravenes all of these regulations. However, if we reframe your hypothesis, we can get this through because we'll just do these things in a different way. Or maybe the IT people will turn around and go, your idea is a really bad idea because it's going to cost us a fortune in storage costs. However, have you rethought about not bringing in so much data or maybe temporarily doing this or manipulating it in this way. So you need the cold water throwers. You need them to condense your ideas and to allow the good ones to come through into, if you can imagine a hillbilly copper pot still or your science experiments, at the end of it, you've usually got a little bucket or a beaker and you've got some liquid dripping in there. What do you do with the liquid? Well, you want to figure out what it is that you've got. If you're a moonshiner, now you'll take a swig and you'll go, what have I made? You'll test it. You'll taste it for yourself. If you're in a corporate environment, you'll go, well, it's passed through the first uh, sanity check. Now we need to test out. We need to validate or refute our hypothesis further. And often it's then taken into a lab environment or a, a minimum viable product, something where you can, you can make it more tangible come up with a prototype or something like that, that's the equivalent of putting it through a taste test. And what you're looking for here is, if you're a moonshiner and you've suddenly discovered that you've made drain cleaner, it's really disgusting and unpalatable, you want to kill it straight away. And in, you just want to chuck it down the drain, basically. And in a corporate environment, what you're looking for is, if it's a really, really, really bad idea, even if it's a pet project of the CEO, you want to kill it as early as possible. Fail fast, win fast. But whatever you do, do it fast. Because I've seen too many pet projects that they get to the initial phase and instead of people going, that's a really bad idea, 
they all know it's a really bad idea. They've had the first taste. But instead of reframing the hypothesis, they just throw more money at it. And then they throw more money at it. And they throw more money at it. And the longer you persist with something that is blatantly a bad idea, the worse it becomes. So you want to chuck that down the drain quickly. Other things we had discussed in the previous episode might just be ideas before their time. So you've tasted it and you've gone, this is a bit harsh, this. I'm going to put the bottle in the cellar and I'm going to revisit it at a later stage and see whether or not a bottle matures any better. Same idea in a corporate environment. Some ideas might be before their time. So don't forget about them. Put them in an archive and revisit them regularly to see whether anything changed that would make those hypotheses now valid. The other thing that you want to do very importantly, if you're a moonshiner, is you want to get other people's opinion because I might have a taste for strong alcohol and liquor. Um, however, you might think that is absolutely disgusting and you're much more important because you're the person that I'm wanting to sell it to. So you don't take my opinion. You take it out over a selection of customers for feedback, not friends and family because they don't want to hurt your feeling. They don't want to go, Uncle Jim's made a really bad barrel of rye whiskey but he's so proud of it we'll just say it's good no you want honest feedback from people who are going to buy so you find a small uh, group of people where you can go and do a proper market validation corporate terminology proper market validation moonshine give it out to some potential customers and see whether or not they'd be willing to pay for it that's what you're looking for and you gather their feedback you gather their feedback constantly because what you're looking for is the one missing ingredient maybe that you could get and you might have to buy that missing ingredient in if you're a moonshiner that might be a bit of flavoring from somebody else a bit of grape juice from somewhere else a bit of pear cider to mix it something else that just elevates your original thing up to the next level and takes it somewhere to a killer area of course what did the moonshiners do the moonshiners were the originators of the whole hot rod movement. They knew that it was important to get their product in the hands of their customers as quickly as possible. The fact that that to stay one step ahead of the law is another story. <laughs> What's the parallel in a corporate environment? You've got to consider whether this new thing needs a different go-to-market strategy. We haven't covered this in any of the previous podcasts because I am going to be covering areas that I haven't spoken about in the podcast, just touching on them. So you've got to consider go-to-market strategy. And I touched on earlier, business model innovation is one of the biggest enablers of innovation in today's world. So your distribution, the way that you take it to market needs to be considered while you're in this innovation process. Do we require something new, faster, better? How are we gonna take it there? And then of course, the way that you distribute it might require you to partner. Can you use the same retail or wholesale network that you used to? Are you going directly to the customers where before you used to go through different channels? Do you need to create new channels? All of these need to be considered. And perhaps one of the most important ones that people don't think about in an innovation activity is, does this scale? Because if you're a moonshiner, you're not going to make yourself very much money if all you can make is 10 jugs once a year. Does this scale? 
so many people come up with these fantastic ideas and I've seen their prototypes and they're absolutely great and they can't make them at the volume for the price through the distribution that they need to be able to get this thing a success on the market. So think about production scale. And if you get all of that right, you might discover that instead of making moonshine, you've actually made rocket fuel and it's going to power your business up to new heights. And you're going to win that coveted moonshine award, you know, best moonshine of the year. We've just been discover, uh, discussing how awards and reputation enhancement and everything can improve your company. And then, of course, if you're a really good moonshiner and you've made a massive success, you're going to look at sowing new seeds, maybe planting for yourself instead of going out and harvesting from existing. That's the whole concept of getting into the startup scene, planting seeds, helping, nurturing, growing, being in it for the long run. You might also decide to explore much further afield. This comes into the concept of adjacent industries. Look beyond your own industry. Moonshiners were constantly looking at innovation that came from outside. How could they do things better? What other things could they do? And that's what you need to think about as an organization. Don't just think, I work in the manufacturing industry. I've got some great anecdotes about unexpected collaborations from industries, adjacent industries. There's one that involves Colgate and the Formula One racing team. From the beginning, harvesting and gathering. As the seasons change, the moonshiners would continue the cycle. They wouldn't just stop. There's not one and done. It's don't make one batch of moonshine. It's start the cycle over and over and over and over and over again. Build it in as business as usual. Innovation should be baked into your business. And innovation culture should be encouraged across the whole business. The mindset should be encouraged and developed and nurtured because innovation is never one and done. It's a continuous cycle that goes over and over and over, just like making moonshine. So that's my metaphor that I hope that people keep in their mind instead of a funnel. Uh, like I don't say this lightly, that's literally mind-blowingly awesome how you how you explained that the steps of it the practical logic of it it just makes an awful lot of sense so it's a wonderful analogy but beyond that the process and experience that you bring to it is just fantastic i'd like to conclude this series with one last question what's the single most important thing you want everyone to know about innovation i want to dispel the myth that innovation is something done over there by other people. I want everybody listening to understand that they have the ability, it's within their power to think and be more innovative in everything that they do. And now I want them to go off and go and get started. Absolutely brilliant. So a reminder to everybody, Andrew Vorster is one of the world's uh, leading lights on innovation. He's known as the innovation catalyst. He does keynote talks all around the world. Uh, this series was brought to you by Master Mindset. It's one of many series that we're producing where we bring in subject matter experts. Andrew's on our virtual team for doing that. We're looking at things like mindset, um, enabling yourself to be the true version of yourself, a little bit of coaching, defining mentoring, and also decoding the human algorithm. So stick with us. There's more to come. Thanks as ever, Andrew.
Thank you, Martin. It's been fantastic. You can follow the entire series by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or visit andrewvorster.com. That's andrewvorster.com.